0: If the state didn't exist, would would it be necessary to create one? Do we have to have one? That's the important question at the center of anarchism. A few years ago, the idea of anarchism was unthinkable. Uh, It still is if you just think about the anarchists up in Portland. Uh, But there's another side of that people are sick of the state government overreach has gone way too far individual liberties are being stolen right out in the open just ask the australians and we're pretty close to that the state is supposed to provide stability or at least the illusion of stability governments are instituted among men to protect those rights but that's not happening hasn't been for a long time and everyone is catching on all over the world People are rioting and protesting. You never see it here because they want you as an American to feel like you're alone. But this debate, this movement is happening globally. We're in the middle of a moral crisis. And the premise of anarchism is that the state is an attack on morality. Right or wrong, it is about standing up to corrupt power. Today's guest describes himself as an anarchist. I love him. Uh, The libertarian right loves him. Uh, Anarcho-capitalists especially love him. A lot of people, including Joe Rogan. So-called communists, not so much. Not so much. Mostly because he speaks out about the evils of communism. Because he knows communism. Unlike his Twitter communists, he escaped from the Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic when he was a kid. His third and latest book, The Anarchist Handbook, is a collection of some of the most important anarchist writings. Today on the Glenn Beck podcast, Michael Malice. Abortion is the leading cause of death in the United States and around the world. Since Roe versus Wade, over 62 million babies have been aborted in the U.S. alone. Nearly one in four pregnancies end in abortion. We lead the world. It's time to do something. The ministry of Preborn is partnering with Blaze Media to help rescue 10,000 babies in the time that we're from here to the end of the year. And you can be part of it. Preborn is the direct competition to Planned Parenthood. They're the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the U.S., you don't have to lecture anybody. You don't have to stop anybody. What you have to do is just let them see the ultrasound. Let them hear the heartbeat. And when you do just that, you bring the chances that she's going to choose life for her baby up a staggering 80 percent. Preborn partners with clinics in the highest abortion rate cities and regions. They have the passion to save babies, to see these women Come to Christ. And over the past 15 years, they've counseled over 340,000 women considering abortion. More than 169,000 babies have been saved, and over 51,000 women have surrendered their lives to Christ. Can you help? 10,000 babies is our goal. To donate, dial pound 250. Say keyword baby. That's pound 250 keyword baby or go to preborn.com slash Glenn. Oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Uh, I don't even know where to start now. Uh, Rosemary's baby. Uh, being blocked by uh, Mia Farrow, uh, which you—I mean—you have to have a lot of things you wear as a badge of honor.
1: Uh sure. I—I was Brooklyn Spelling Bee champion in 1986. Well, no, come on. I was. I still have the jacket. It fits now. That—that no. <laughs> that was one of the first of my many
0: badges of honor. Yeah, you are diminutive, if you <laughs> yes, will. <laughs> yes, I'm 4'11. Are you? No, you're not. <laughs> no, don't, don't ruin my, my, no. my troll. I mean, the, I mean the. <laughs> You the are mic,
1: look at our mics. I yeah. know,
0: and if you look at the picture on the screen, I look like an enormous giant. Well, that's because you've been eating all that KFC, Mister Sanders. <laughs> I have been. I have been. I've let myself go. Um, I'm thrilled to have you on because you, um, you know, I was. I, I'm. I'm good friends with Gillette. I would live in a country run by Pendulette, or not run by Penjilat yeah. um, uh, at any time. Uh, I think he's a good moral man, and he's. An anarchist. Yes. Um, And a man of peace. I
1: remember uh, my friend Maddox had been on his show and they had clowned him pretty hard. And Maddox tweeted at him and Penn just said, I don't remember this, but if I hurt your feelings, I sincerely apologize and I'm sorry if it brought you harm. And I'm sure he meant it. And that's his personality. Well, he, he was is, on Howard Stern like 20 years ago. And yeah. Gary Delabati said, you know, once you held me down, it tickled me. And it really, you're a big guy. It kind of bothered me. And he goes, I'm very, like, he was obviously hurt oh, by no, it. Oh, yeah. no, he's, yeah.
0: He's a really decent man. Yeah. And I think when you, when people think of anarchists. Yeah. And by the way, I just want to say, please, I don't want to go to prison because I interviewed you. Do you know what I mean? Because sure. I think we're. We're close to that. We're all just going to be rounded up and locked into prison. So well, I, I'd be working for those guards because I'm looking would. out for number one. So if I gotta <laughs> turn
1: that dime to turn you in, Glenn Beck,
0: that, that, I'm not going to hesitate. It's not even going to be a question, <laughs> and I'll lock you in that cell. And I I'll tell you, at you, it wasn't. I was for peace. He was just saying violent. He was making me say vile stuff. He was stuff. threatening the vice president. Yeah. Um, uh, most people think of an anarchist, and they think of the black flag, and they think of the morons up in. Uh, well, I'm sorry if that offends you, but the morons up in Portland that are just setting things on fire. You mean Mayor Wheeler? <laughs> well, yes, yes. Um, and and you know, you look at there seems to be a lot of hate um, and just destruction. And I. Yes, think that's, isn't that great?
1: Well, no. Do you, you don't hate the state? Uh, you don't hate an no, organization that keeps uh. people from being able to say goodbye to their mom as she's dying in the hospital? No. You don't hate an organization that tells a little girl she can't have a lemonade stand because she doesn't have a license? You don't hate an organization that tells people they can't protect their families in their own home despite what it says in the Constitution?
0: I do. Okay, so I, I, I do as well. I don't know if I would classify it as hate in this case because I don't think we should go out and firebomb things okay I just don't um, I, I think um, we are way I don't off. think so either just to be clear okay okay Except you've got TNT on your lapel. Yeah, well, you've got a skull and crossbones on your shirt. <laughs> well, I wore that for you. I mean, <laughs> I thought. Tell that tell a secret that, society. When just they for you. when they
1: round you up, that's not going to help you. <laughs> oh, I wore it. No, for him. really. <laughs> <laughs> I, you made me do it. Alice <laughs> <laughs> made me do it.
0: I know. I I know the bushes. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, the the things that we see on the streets of just burn it down. Explain. Explain what, what an anarchist wants. Explain what sure. the, the, the utopian it's view. Not, the utopian view is that the Constitution
1: is going to restrain government, despite 200 years of, of evidence to the contrary. That's the utopian view. It's completely delusional and contradicts history. The anarchist view is you do not speak for me. And everything else is application. The reason I put together the Anarchist Handbook as a collection of historical essays by various anarchists of the past is, as I say in the back back cover, the black flag comes in many colors. So anarchism has historically been a... um, Doctrine of Revolutionary Terror. An anarchist met, made Teddy Roosevelt president. Uh, in Russia, certainly anarchists right. were bomb throwers. In Britain, the word anarchist is synonymous with terrorist. There's that Sex Pistols yep, song, yep, Anarchy yep. in the UK. They're referring mm-hmm. to, I want to destroy pastors by, is the lyric. But anarchism is also a ideology of peace. It is an ideology that says authority is not legitimate. Uh, that The idea that someone who wins a popularity contest is going to have any kind of say Correct. over my life is... A joke. Mm -hmm. And the only reason we even consider this ludicrous philosophy of authority as legitimate is because we've been taught to the contrary in government schools since we were children.
0: So far, I agree. So far, I agree. So anarchism
1: just means uh, not having a belief in the state. And believing as well that a voluntary society, a peaceful society, is the optimal one. But it's not utopian in the same way if I sat here and said to you, I'm going to cure cancer. We would both think that's a great goal. Doesn't mean there's not going to be murders. There's not going to be other diseases. There's not going to be problems. There's not going to be hurricanes. Uh, And by the
0: way, um, Joe Biden has already made the promise that he's going to cure cancer.
1: Yeah, yeah, right, right. So, uh, well, first he should cure incontinence. Yeah. But... (laughs) But it is basically the idea that authority is inherently illegitimate. And I do not understand how anyone, or I do understand, but I think it's unfortunate that people can look at the status quo and say, this system is the best we can
0: do. Well, I I would kind of fall where Churchill was. It's the worst But it's the best one we have right now.
1: But Churchill got his ass handed to him by FDR and Truman and Stalin. And you saw what happened to Britain as a consequence of World War II. It was completely marginalized. And then he got voted out in favor of Clement Attlee, who introduced the welfare state. So maybe Churchill wasn't as smart as as, historically we think.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, as people, you know, the idea, I think, the would you say the founders were anarchists? No. They were not. Of course not. not.
1: The founders were uh, hardcore centralizers of government. They, they increased the power of what became Washington to an enormous degree.
0: Correct. But the original idea of the Declaration of Independence, right. of we're going to build this, then the, the Constitution is how to, and that's been violated from the beginning. I mean, it just... No, the Articles of Confederation were how to. The Constitution was a centralization
1: and an illegal one. This is fa- go. But yeah, I mean, you—you're—the you're, thing I like about you is that you're a student of history, not mm-hmm. like a lot of conservative pundits who just think Obama was the worst president we've ever had. This, by the way, this is how you know if a conservative is worth listening to: ask them who's the worst president—Woodrow Wilson or Biden or Obama. If they waffle or if they hesitate, you <laughs> know, no, that's they, yeah, not even a cool. Don't, don't, uh, thank you. Yes, good, good, I goodbye. I love good luck. the fact you hate Woodrow Wilson oh, as was, much as I do. It's not even a question. No, there's no one even evil. close to him. No. Even, FDR was yeah. at least wa- tried to fix America. He had yeah. some, He was. He was. Not not an ideologue in the same way no. that Wilson was. Um, the the We had. Wilson is why we're in the situation
0: we're in today
1: this is Wilson was why the Soviet Union was in the situation yep. was today Wilson is why Germany was in the situation was today with yes. Hitler like all, all, all of it and Wilson was kind of Rousseau made incarnate he was really mm. the that, you know he regarded himself as a messianic figure you yes. know he said he was here to save the soul of the earth and mm-hmm. that is Antichrist basically I'm not yeah. a religious person incarnate uh, but that that's that's a big separate issue we're taught in schools two very contradictory things right we're taught that the Constitution was this great idea that it a result of checks and balances, it was almost impossible for the federal government to do anything unless everyone sat down and agreed with with each other, right? This is the story we're told. At the same time, we're told, well, we had something called the Article of Confederation, but it didn't work because people couldn't get together and do anything. The Article of Confederation worked this exactly how the Constitution is claimed to have worked. Right. And then the Constitution came in and strongly centralized power over what had gone before. And as the Anti-Federalists warned at the time, it was despite the talk of states rights they have created a leviathan and we're seeing it to this day
0: so what about the the argument that they made at the time there the trade between the states the currencies etc cetera, etc cetera. should we have been just i mean cuz really W- the 13 colonies were more like europe sure. in 1960 or central america
1: today in a sense they yeah. were kind of poor they you know they yeah. really were mostly some north was more mercantile south was farmers i'm not going to say in re- it's easy to have hindsight yeah. 2020 mm-hmm. but we have 200 years of data And, you know, one of the essays in The Anarchist Handbook is by Lysander Spooner, and that one quote he has is the one that everyone likes, which is, the Constitution is either authorized, such as government, as we have had, or have been powerless to prevent it. In either case, it's unfit to exist. So what do you replace it with? Freedom. You replace it with a voluntary society. The idea that, you know, people who go to, no one, it's no Republican, people sit and think the choice is are Republican or Democrat. And at the same time, every conservative understands that Mitch McConnell does not care about you. No. That Mitch McConnell is and will always be far closer to Nancy Pelosi than to the people of Kentucky. Yes. And that's whoever is the majority or minority leader. It's George Carlin has that line it's a big club and you ain't in it. Mm-hmm. And this has been going on for a very long time even the you know even when conservatives talk about how great it was when Reagan sat down with Tip O'Neill they still exploded the budget at the time yes. I mean Reagan was a great president especially in international affairs but in terms of spending this was the big kind of uh, deal with the Leap devil forward, yeah. right like I'm gonna I'm gonna get my tax cuts and you guys get your spending increases and we both go home and sell it to our voters and everyone wins but the people who lose are the American people and we also saw it under Trump how- what he like $7 trillion to the national debt. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a quarter of the national debt. And now the Democrats are correctly throwing in the Republicans' faces. They're saying, you're going to be fiscal conservatives now. Where were you when you guys had the congressional majority? There was not even an attempt. No one is even talking about cutting one cent from Obama's budget. If President Trump said, we're going to go back to the budget from before Obama was uh, in in president, 2008, he would have no votes. And that is how Washington works and will always work. It always increases. One hand washes another and never decreases. So a big aspect of anarchism is very strong decentralization. Then it becomes, wait a minute, we can't do that because China's going to invade. China has invaded Canada. China has invaded Britain. This Chinese boogeyman, and I'm not saying the Chinese, they're a very evil country. Mm -hmm. They definitely have world designs. That's Mm -hmm. not even a question. But to say that we have to live our our lives to do the opposite of whatever China wants is, in effect, to let them lead us. And I do not want to be led by the Chinese or by the Washingtonians. Okay,
0: so with George Washington's farewell address. Sure. If we would have done those things... We would be in a lot better shape today. Sure. If um, Wait, so uh, it Eisenhower. went off the
1: rail in the seventeen hundreds, you're admitting this. No, I
0: no yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I think I think by eighteen thirty America was gone. Completely we were, gone by, w- by, by what they would have thought oh, was yeah, America. Cr- yeah, yeah.
1: And <laughs> yeah. we were imp- i mean people forget. Free speech was a felony under Adams. Oh I know. The
0: the ink on the but, Constitution wasn't even. However, they reversed it and their conversation with uh, about free speech is fantastic today they they came back and the arguments were wait even if it's a lie about the government they have a right to say it and print it because we can't tell them what no that's not true we we can't be in that position i mean their freedom of speech arguments under Adams, fantastic, fantastic, and should be read by everybody today.
1: Yeah, but my rights are not up for discussion or for argument, let alone a vote. So the the claim that Congress is in a position somehow to sit down and adjudicate whether it's acceptable for me to criticize them no, no, is obscene. But that's, but that's what they were saying. That's yeah, But, what that but was they with... were in that position to have that discussion. I don't want Correct. those men to sit there and feel that it's up to them to discuss so whether you... I have rights or whether I don't have rights
0: they do not have that right i agree with you i agree with you i agree with the 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 idea that we're all endowed with rights yes and there's not a limited number of rights right it's an endless number of rights. correct i get i agree with that Um, the problem is and help me out with this there's a lot of people out i mean you know um if you if you uh, if you don't look, anybody who says man is naturally good, is somebody I could pretty much dismiss as an idiot. Correct. Okay, our nature—we're animals. That's, and that's our, exactly correct. They're not naturally good. Naturally, if human beings are basically animals, animals, and animals right. are often kind, and animals are often cruel. Correct. And so, it, it, you, what are you going to do to restrain the animals? when they get any kind of power at all. Well, you have to make sure they don't get power. Now, how do you do that? Uh, you do that by
1: having uh, things decentralized. You do that by not electing demagogues
0: and not having paths for demagogues to... That's not what people do. People, bad people, Bad people stir people up to sure. get them into the tribal mindset... And then we go conquer that tribe and then take it over. You know what I mean? Oh, I,
1: I, that's a big concern and the, the, this is a big issue why free speech is so important. It's very easy and has been for 200 years if you have a kind of a cabal having control of the megaphone and the microphone to dictate what the conversation is and isn't. Anything outside of that, this, this, this network couldn't have existed 20 years ago. Right? Because you're going to have ABC, NBC, CBS. There were three different flavors of progressivism. Right. You could go at Home, turn on the evening news, feel like you're making a choice. Noam Chomsky was also an anarchist. He's a hardcore left anarchist. I'm going to bungle the quote, but he says the way that they have control is having very intense debate within strictly limited parameters. Yes. So now, thanks to social media, thanks to the decentralization of microphones like these, anyone. Uh, including some random jerk from Texas like myself who has an opinion is now in a position to go toe to toe with one of the apparatchiks from the New York Times and on the screen we look equal because I have a blue check and now different people and here's the thing this is why we have people who are on the side of liberty have a big advantage there's an enormous asymmetry between truth and lies if I'm your good friend which I am and I tell you a thousand truths and I tell you one lie it's not like I give you a thousand Correct. It's the trust is lost. So if you're presenting yourself as an organization which is uh, the newspaper of record, all we do is print facts. As soon as you're caught in one mistake, people are suspicious. but when it becomes a pattern, oh, You're manipulating me. You're lying to me. And once trust is lost, it's almost impossible to regain. And that is why these people are back on their heels. They don't know what to do about it, because for the first time in decades, they're being called on their dog crap, and they don't have the mechanism to resolve this, because historically, what they're in position to do was ignore these people, be just crazy letters to the editor. I'm sure you get crazy letters all the time, and you can ignore Mm -hmm. them. That's fine. But now, these people who are calling you out, you can't just dismiss them as crazy, because people who are open-minded are like, wait a minute, he has a point. Maybe this guy's a jerk, but he's really pointing out a mistake you're making, or a best mistake. Why are you pretending this wasn't... And we just saw this the other day with Joe Rogan when he had Sanjay Gupta on his show, uh, the CNN's chief medical apparatchik, and called him on his crop, and the guy... You would think if he had like Biden on or Kamala Harris, they'd be able to tap dance because politicians are good at being called in the crowd. Joe does. Joe's really great at it. He does not get enough credit of how fast he had been historically on his feet. I remember there was one video when he it's called a gaffe. He had someone there. He goes, why don't you stand up and let everyone give you uh, 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 so everyone can see you. And the guy had been in a wheelchair. And Biden immediately pivots, it's, and he goes, oh, how silly of me, you know what, we're all gonna stand for you, and he got the whole audience, and that's how quickly he caught himself, he was very good at that. But Dr. Gupta was terrible, because he goes to the CNN offices, talks to CNN people, goes home in his car, and never has to interact with the hoi polloi. But now, as corporate media share of the market is shrinking, they can't make bestsellers within their ecosystem. They have to go out to the, to the blogs, to the podcasts, to the internet, Uh, where all the energy and the intellectual momentum is, and that's when they're exposed because they're not in their little fortress where they're immune from criticism.
0: So here's where we have a real problem in the country, I think, is we have the politicians who know they're in trouble. Yes. They know they're in trouble. Um, Then you have the media who knows they're in trouble. To some extent. Some are very delusional, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Anybody who has open eyes can see yes. on the horizon. It's not going to end well for us. Uh, and then you have social media and Google that temporarily need some things from the government. And the government knows, I'll give you these things if you help me control these people. And they're all colluding together. And it is a and, and they're doing it with big banking now because of cryptocurrency. We are in the we're in a uh, fight of the titans
1: you you missed the source of the poison who are you missing in that picture where where does the poison start who are the big villains here that you left out the universities. Oh, yeah, okay, the universities. The universities is where the, the toxic poison I was,
0: starts. I was thinking more of George Soros, but I thought,
1: now you... No, know. it's the universities, because yeah. the universities train all those other yeah, outlets to correct. be shock troops for the progressive militia. Right. So once uh, people who are red-pilled and who are skeptical of this kind of overclass start turning their guns, I'm not speaking literally, on the universities, that's when the jig is up for them. And what's amazing is as humorless, self-righteous, Pompous and obnoxious as corporate journalists are, they fare better in all these metrics than college professors. If you see how they um, speak on Twitter, Lawrence Tribe is a great example. You would think he's a, I think a dean or he's high up at Harvard Law. On paper, Harvard Law right. professor, we know this guy's going to be brilliant. I mean, mm-hmm. no matter what his politics are, this guy's no no mm-hmm. dummy. But when you look how he tweets, it's like everyone's boomer grandma uh, on, on posting on Facebook. There's 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 no sophistication there. There's it's just pure emotionalism. And when you see how these people are exposed, and you're a big fan of The Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Once that curtain's pulled back, it's like, wait a minute, I'm deferring to this guy. He's a buffoon. Mm-hmm. He might be very bright in terms of the law, but in terms of this political analysis, there's no one home mm-hmm. and that is why I'm so hopeful and optimistic about the future of this country because in the 50s uh, uh, when you went to high school going to university <laughs>
0: was the... You're 3'6", aren't you're you're three six aren't you <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting, today, yeah. I'm this table is either getting bigger or you're getting smaller <laughs> uh, but going
1: to college was uh, the GI bill this was the big accomplishment for so many Americans my son went to college my daughter went to college first in my, our family this was a big step for many Americans. Mm-hmm. Now, People are realizing, wait a minute. First of all, there's alternatives. Why am I wasting four years of my life throwing money down the drain when I can start a business online and I get my resume? So these are two paths that are being built right Mm -hmm. now to getting good resume and skills. Mm -hmm. But second, my daughter, who's this beautiful kid who loves me, we have fun at Thanksgiving, goes off to Columbia, comes home as a swamp walrus who's unrecognizable. Why am I doing this to my family? And turning Americans against the university system, not against intelligence, not against education, Specifically, the university system is really going to be the next step and they're not going to see it coming and it's going to be absolutely beautiful. One of the things I propose, just one quick thing quickly, yeah, quickly yeah. is to seize all university endowments and distribute that money as reparations because that turns two big elements of the left against each other and that is where the mayhem and where I kind of thrive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but wouldn't that, for an anarchist, wouldn't that be the worst thing to do To seize somebody's property. Yeah, I'll bite that bullet. (laughs) Okay. All right. And you're dead serious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Um, So uh, uh, how is it going to happen with the universities? You say they're not going to see it coming. I'm not suggesting... Do you, do you see this? Because I, I think we're running out of time. I think a giant cage is being made for America and the world. The cage has been there for a long time. Yeah, I agree with that. So it's not being made. It's, it had been made. You're seeing Yeah, now. but you're, I, I think you are seeing... You remember the Johnny Cash song, One Piece at a Time? Sure. Okay. I think that's... It's been happening for a hundred years. Correct. But longer. It's been hundred years. Right. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, But now they're just throwing in the final pieces here. You know, the financial stuff, the Great Reset stuff is terrifying. Terrifying. And it's going to take an event or the economy tanking, which is on the horizon. Something's going to happen and it's lockdown.
1: We had lockdown and we survived it. Don't you get it? So this it's always better. Martin Luther King, who I, I, you know, I know boomers love him, so I kind of hesitant to quote him, but something that he did very effectively and why he won is that he forced racists to go face-to-face with the consequences of their racism. He said, look, you can hate black people. You could think we should be Jim Crow, all that, so on and so forth. Are you comfortable with men and women in suits who are standing there to be attacked by dogs and fire hoses and cops. Is this really what you're comfortable with? And there's many people who were still racist, who were still prejudiced, who are like, you know what? That's too much. I, I, I'm not Dundee for this. and Martin Luther yeah. King had that. And they were like, I I, I can mm-hmm. be prejudiced and think the races are separate, but this, this, this is, is not what yeah, I'm for. Yeah, correct. So it's all, and using force is always more expensive. First of all, the people who are implementing the force are putting themselves in danger, which most people don't want to do. And second, people who are in the middle, and you know, you and I are political animals, but we realize most people shouldn't want to care about politics, just want to live their lives, feed their families, go to their jobs. If they turn on the TV and they see authoritarian force, many of them will love it. Because as Mencken said, the average man does not want to be free, he simply wants to be safe. But many of them are like, wait a minute, you don't have to be Republican, Democrat, liberal, whatever. In Canada, as as I'm sure you've covered on the show, they were arresting pastors for having Mm -hmm. a church service. You do not have to be a Christian to turn the TV on and be like, wait a minute, how did we get to this point?
0: Justin I, Trudeau won in a re-election.
1: He got the same exact number of seats as he did. I, I'm not saying this hope for Canada, by the way. What mm-hmm. I'm saying is in America, where we actually have a semblance of freedom, people who do not have political persuasions see things like this
0: and they recoil. So and the important- I, would, I would agree with you if we hadn't have just gone through and still going through two years of lockdown, vaccine mandates that, that it's not even a law, it's, it's not even a little no, from the president and you have people following the vaccine mandates oh I, I i'm not saying it's great
1: that we have vaccine mandates what i'm saying is it's always preferable when authoritarians have to show their hands and use force than when they use persuasion because it becomes costlier for them and just like buying a car at a certain point if things become too expensive they stop doing it when the cost of anything outweigh the benefits you stop doing it uh, prohibition is a great example. At a certain point, the violence, especially toward the violence toward right. police, became so expensive <laughs> that the cops were like, we're not doing this anymore. I'm not getting shot because someone wants to have moonshine. Right. And the law, of the Constitution, there was that senator, I forget his name, who said it'll be easier for a hummingbird to fly to the moon with the Washington Monument tied to its tail <laughs> than that prohibition be repealed. And it was repealed within, what, 12 years? Yeah. Because the costs became too expensive and that is what's going to end up happening at a certain point people are going to be like we're not doing this and it's just going to ratchet up and i think so we're going to So does it
0: concern you though uh, i mean cuz i agree with you but we're living now in a different world we're living in a world where ai is playing a bigger role sure. um surveillance is off the charts Sure. i mean you know you you turn this country Dark, which I think we're there. I mean, Afghanistan showed me we are not the country I always hoped that we were. Um, uh, You turn this country loose to, you know, people who just want power. We're going to make the Nazis look like rookies. But
1: we've had I mean, we've had this for 100 years. Which president didn't just want power? I mean, do you really think uh, FDR, like we said earlier, no. maybe Warren Harding didn't? But there's, uh, I don't I mean, think Calvin Coolidge did. Well, he fell into the White House by accident, basically, because he was you know, yeah. this lucky guy. But he was great. But especially Congress people, they certainly want power. Yeah. Washington has always wanted more and more power. Uh, they'll they will say something to the contrary to your face. But they,
0: the problem is, <clears throat> and help me, because, uh, you know... I. You could talk me into being an anarchist. If it's like Penn Jillette, I could go there. Um, so. <laughs> 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 um, uh, but I, 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 you know, the problem has been they defanged the Senate from being uh, a protector of the states. Right. Um, Woodrow Wilson changed everything. Taxes. Uh, the way we consume news, oh, absolutely uh, everything. And so they w- there's no and right now there's no balance of government the, 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 they so- What? Who foresaw a branch saying, oh, I don't want my power. I just want to sit here. You go do all of that. The, the idea was that these three branches were supposed to protect their turf. Congress just gave it up, just gave it up. And really, so is the Supreme Court. I mean, so.
1: I'm I'm, I'm not understanding the question. You're not going to find solace through Washington. Like you're certainly, as an anarchist, I'm not going to say Washington's going to have the answers. And, And conservatives recently realized if you're fighting the battle of Washington, you're fighting in the fourth quarter. Because by the time it gets to Washington's the implementation. No, I know the ideas start the universities. They're promulgated through government schools and public school teachers, as well as through the entertainment system. So by the time people are making a decision, the ballot box, it's already uh, it's a very right, so, done, done deal. Uh, we've been it's, saying, it's, wait, can I just say one thing? You yeah, yeah, bring yeah, yeah. a Penn Jillette. But y- your conservatives are engaged in uh, falling from misdirection because you think the battles between Pelosi and McConnell. Even I don't. Though, no, I'm just saying they yeah, often yeah, do. Yeah. They think, well, we got to get the Republicans in. As long as we get a Republican Congress and president, we're going to win. And then when they have that, they're like, well,
0: what happened? What happened? At best, the Republicans are just to slow the destruction down. They're a speed bump at best. You know, my quote, conservatism is
1: progressives driving the speed limit. So the the Democrats are going to this is how it happens. It's happening right now. The Democrats say we're going to add three point five trillion dollars. And then the conservatives say, let's make it one trillion. Right. Oh, how embarrassing. (laughs) I only got to spend one trillion. You got you conservatives and they're like yeah that would be great i mean it's a, you're right. laughing but that's the farce no
0: i know it is i know it is there's not been
1: one uh, um, department that the conservatives have even tried to repeal you would think at least they would do it just for the, to get their base excited like oh we're gonna repeal department of energy like let, come on vote for us give us donor money they don't even it's not even a pretense
0: no i know i i i, uh, I mean i i think the only kind of president that would be uh, worthy to would be able to change anything would be the guy who but he'd never be elected would be the guy who says see all these departments i close them all see the rents for all the property in uh, washington dc you should sell now because when i get in that's all going away all of that's going away and whoever owns a house in this area you're going to have a hard time selling it because i'm shutting it all down yeah
1: but your beloved constitution means he doesn't have the power to do that because he's not gonna be able
0: to get it through congress no he can shut down the administrations the, the administrator that's the administrative state
1: sure but i mean the, they're gonna they're gonna be able to over uh they're gonna have the super to override him the budgets are gonna be the money's still gonna be spent uh they're gonna impeach him and get him out of there
0: What i'm uh, what, uh, what i said to you is it would never. It would never happen. No,
1: but even if it did happen, he still wouldn't be able to implement what you asked for. Even if he got voted in and he said all those things, how is he going to get it through the, the system?
0: It, he would he would have to be unlike when Donald Trump was in. It was amazing uh, how much he exposed. He was just like a walking hand grenade. Yeah. You great. know what I mean? And oh, it I was. Loved it. It was great. Yeah. It was great. He'd he'd throw a hand grenade into a room and a wall would come down and everybody would be arguing about that. And you'd be like, wait, wait what's in that other room where we didn't know the wall was coming down? I mean, he exposed a lot. He forced them to st- to go off script and start doing improv. Correct. Because
1: you never knew what was going to come out of Correct. his mouth next. The, politi- the Republicans, oh, Nancy Pelosi, blah, blah, blah. Mitch McConnell goes t- in front of the camera Correct. and says with a straight face, or, or Kevin McCarthy, uh, send me money, I'm going to fight those evil Democrats. And people send him money, give us votes. Sure. And Pelosi and AOC and, and uh, Chuck Schumer say, send us money, we're going to fight those evil Republicans. And they do that, and they fight, and nothing really happens mm-hmm. as a consequence. And that's the script. It's like wrestling, mm-hmm. right? It's a pantomime. Mm-hmm. Then Trump comes in, you don't know what this loon's going to say next. And now they're like, wait, they're looking at each other, they're like, Like what are we supposed to do? And that's why both
0: of them were against him. Yes, he he went in alone, and you can't do it alone. One guy can't do it. And the president shouldn't. I mean, the crazy thing is, is so many people were afraid of Barack Obama when he was in office because of the things he was doing, and then the other half, when the next president comes in, the other half is afraid of what Donald Trump is going to do. That's a sign. This is broken, because no president should be able to affect you like that. No president, no but, one person should be able to broken. have that. broken. That's
1: the way the system is supposed to work, by design. It's supposed to work for the sake of the politicians. So like how it. do you... Okay, so let's just talk about... And can I just say one more thing, because this thing is key, because it's not just about spending money. You know, if we waste money, like, worse things have happened. Let's just talk about the depravity of the ruling class. Amy Rohrbach got caught on a hot mic talking about how she had all the goods on Jeffrey Epstein, right? And ABC News was exposed. The only person who suffered consequences that they were covering up for this, like, The child trafficker was someone who was later at CBS who they thought accessed the file and they CBS fired the former ABC employee, apparently incorrectly. Kevin McCarthy, uh, I think he was either uh, House Majority Leader or House Minority Leader at the time, fired off an angry letter demanding ABC say, wait a minute, you guys had the goods on this child predator and you sat on this. You never called the authority. Answer me. Have you heard anything about that since? No. It's all for show. They don't care about the most depraved behaviors of people who are powerful.
0: We're seeing that now in. But love.
1: now we're seeing it. 30 years ago, you wouldn't see any of this. Correct. 30 years ago, we. It, You and I, again, are both old enough to remember that if it wasn't for the internet, people would say with a straight face that Monica Lewinsky was a stalker who is obsessed with the president and these claims that he had an affair with someone who's his daughter's age.
0: It's crazy, widely discredited Republican talk conspiracy theory. Until Drudge opened the door and changed the world.
1: Right. So this is why I'm so hopeful, because now it's harder and harder for them to hide their depravity and malfeasance. Except it doesn't seem to matter to a lot of people. See, It the, doesn't. It's never a numbers game. I'm not a Democrat. Meaning I'm not an advocate of democracy. The majority cannot reason. They're going to go with the winners, whoever the winners are.
0: So, look at, look so, at Nazi Germany. You, the, oh, I know, I know, I know. But, they're, they're, you know, Gandhi, Martin Luther King, they were appealing to the Judeo-Christian Western S- civilization ethic. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, Bonhoeffer did the same thing, but it was dead in the Germans already. It, that was closed. They d- They had no Judeo Christian ethic anymore by the time Bonhoeffer and Hitler were there. Um, and we're headed that direction. I mean, I saw something terrifying uh, last night, the new robotic dog, you know, uh, automatic sniper rifle. It's like we we are not the people that should have anything like that. We are headed towards real trouble. Um, that ethic has to be there. How do you? How are you going to enforce lockdowns if everyone has a robotic dog?
1: No, I mean the Pentagon with a. Yeah, what I'm dog. saying is, at a certain point, this technology becomes democratized. And 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 popular, accessible. I mean, the fact that America, Australia. I was on Elijah's show uh, um, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The, uh, uh, Australia has settled, in my view, and I think the view of pretty much everyone listening to the show, the gun control issue forever. Because the answer to gun control isn't the NRA, it isn't arguing about gun control, it's about gun proliferation, proliferation. Because once there's a certain amount of guns in the population, you're not getting them back, and everyone who's trying to enforce those laws realize, wait a minute, if I go knock on those doors, the odds are pretty high that I'm gonna have this AR point in my face, so I really better be careful of what I do. So the best way to fight uh, law imposement isn't through discussion, it's by making it, are you sure you wanna do this? Because it's not gonna be easy for you to pull your crap. And that's what America has demonstrated historically and what we're demonstrating now. I mean, how many guns do we have in this country? It's wonderful. The more oh, the yeah. Merrier. Yeah, yeah. And I think some smart Republican is going to pass a law uh, like we had before the, in the colonial period to have gun ownership be a mandate using the same kind of principles as Obamacare. If you don't own a gun, you could pay a fine. But everyone in this state or country or,
0: or sorry, county has to be armed. Uh, you could, so, OK, so wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. As an anarchist. Yeah. You know, I don't believe, and I know how you feel about the police, and I want to get into that. But, oh, sure. Um, you sure you want to get into that? <laughs> yeah, I do. Okay. I do. I do. Sure. Um, because I look at the police as both good and bad. However, um, the police should not... Uh, look. Uh, the reason why we have police is because I can't do my job and watch my house and make sure somebody is doing I need I need somebody need and it go. could be private. No, no, no. Okay. It could be you need private. security. You need security. I need security. 100%. Okay. Everyone needs security. So the towns, when we were little, we all got together and said, let's hire this guy and he'll be our security and we'll all put in for it. Sure. OK. But I can't give him a right to do things that I can't do. I can have a citizen's arrest. I can hold them till, you know, we all get together and say, let's have a fair trial for this guy. I have those rights. The problem with the police is they take things that if I can't do it, they
1: can't do it. No, the problem with the police is that they're government monopoly. So the same reasons you're not for socialized medicine is why you should be against socialized uh, private security or personal security. Uh, whenever you have a government monopoly on any service, whether it's education, whether it's healthcare, whether it's security, you're going to have no accountability. You're going to have mass death, and you're going to have enormous inefficiencies and in costs. And they're also going to be a huge incentive for that organization to make sure the problem perpetuates because that's where their budgets increase. So we saw in last year how the people who the police stood down. While buildings are being burned down and people being killed, whereas when people try to defend their property, those are the ones that the police arrested. They bent the knee to Black Lives Matter, yeah. and people who are back the blue were the ones who were locked in jail.
0: Okay, but wait. I'm a guy who has had private security for 15 years. No one likes a show off. <laughs> uh, it has cost me. An arm and a leg to keep my family safe. Sure. And I've had to do it. Sure. Um, However, in those 15, 20 years that I've had this, I've I have recognized that even the best security um, people will grow the threat grow the business you know it's a private thing so it sure. it still is exactly the same even if it's owned by a private individual
1: it, it's not exactly the same because you're having very limited competition in this area if you look at uber like you're we're at the point in the market where if, you're, if I came to you 15 years ago and said, you know, we should have Uber, you'd be like, look, only the fat cats are going to have limousines. What about the regular people? It's too expensive. Correct. If you make it easier for someone to become a security guard, uh, someone, let's suppose someone's ex-military, right? Someone who is uh, trained or has to pass some licensing. I'm not, I'm an anarchist, but still there's ways to kind of make it not. Uh, so
0: you're an anarchist but you there there is
1: some no i'm just oh, no you can have private licensing that's an easy one right it's okay. just like you have kosher food you know i'm mm-hmm. just saying to make it easier people to get to where i am mm-hmm. uh, baby steps uh, to have a the police right now don't prevent crime they just show up at your house after you've been burglarized and mm-hmm. take a report and there's not even you know it's funny when you watch sitcoms right on sitcoms a character will be burglarized the cops show up they're like we'll look around even in this imaginary world there's not even any possibility you're going to get your stuff back if security <laughs> was private right uh Completely privatized or much more market-oriented. If you got robbed, that company who who is responsible for your security would pay you to get your stuff back. It's insane that this organization says, we're gonna make sure that you're safe in your home, and then you're like, I, I got robbed and my kid got killed, like, man, it sucks to be you. Well, good luck with that. There's no accountability, there's no pretense that you're going to get what your tax money is paying for. So if you had it with a private system, if you had um, a competition within the security industry, just like with Uber, just like with healthcare, it would be a lot safer, and there would be a lot more security. If you want to find a cop, this. they're not. They're, it's like the the bangle song. If you want to find a cop, they're hanging out at the donut shop. Go to the mall. The places where security is private are the safest places. If you go to a bar full of young men, full of testosterone and alcohol, it's going to be a lot safer than the subway public parks and alleys, because those are the areas that the government has taken control of security. Whereas a building has a doorman, a hotel, where everyone is a stranger, not local to the area. They can commit a crime and get out of Dodge. It's still safer for you in a hotel room than it is for you to be in Central Park.
0: I buy into all of this, but that's, you're driving a car that is, going in the exact opposite direction of where it seems the world is going. Correct. The world is going to bigger and bigger. It's all gonna fail. They keep doing the same thing and just making it bigger. Right. Right. that's
1: the that this is why we're going to win because they keep doing the same thing they okay, do so not here's my point mm. they do not have the ability or capacity to change gears because they also don't have the ability to recognize what the problem is they're all talking in circles to each other the CNN the New York Times Harvard and Correct. DC so everything outside of this they want to dismiss as uh, either conspiracy theory white supremacists whatever word they want to use to kind of dismiss you not hear it but increasing number of people people are seeking alternatives to what we've all been trained to believe since we're children. And at a certain point, it's going to be very, very expensive for them to keep the lid on that pot. And at a point after that, people are going to be like, why are we buying into this crap to begin with? This is America. Revolution is our heritage.
0: I I used to believe that. I don't know if I believe that anymore.
1: But it's not a numbers game, Glenn it's, it's and every society is made up of intellectual elites and I know the word elite has some kind of negative connotations but I mean people who are making talking politics talking issues and everyone else follows along because the average person does not have the interest or capacity to think through these things just like you and I don't understand weather we know we're not meteorologists mm-hmm. we're going to listen to the weatherman or, you know whatever at a certain point if you have enough public voices who are making things that make sense that resonate with people it gets harder and harder for the power elite to impose their will because Trump was elected just out of spite. People went to that voting booth and said, you all told me I effectively have to vote for this guy. I'm morally depraved if I don't. You know what? Screw you. I'm an American. I'm going to do the opposite. And I think we had a big fallback with the uh, lockdowns for sure, but there's plenty of people And those are the ones who matter, who are going to make things harder and harder for this crap to, and also here's the other thing uh, to be implemented. Uh, Conservatives need to understand that it's not only the right where you need to look for sources for pushback. Unions oh. have uh, the postal office. Op- if there's any organization that sh- if, if, if vaccines are to fight COVID, as they say, the number one group that needs to be uh, vaccinated would be postal workers. They're literally going to everyone's house, everyone. So if they have a disease, everyone's going to get it. You would think the one most important group to be healthy would be them. But there's an exemption for them in, in uh, uh, Biden's law. Right now, we saw air tra- uh, airline pilots are fighting back. We're seeing cops in Chicago. I'm sure you heard that story. Mm -hmm. They told Lori Lightfoot, we're not doing this. So it's not always who you would think would be the allies who are going to be the organic allies when fighting authoritarianism.
0: Oh, I think we're in this, we're in the, at least I am, I'm I'm in bed with the strangest bedfellows. I mean, it's like. Really, I didn't think that. I mean, we're supposed to hate each other, right? That's and, what they want, right? And I don't. Or it, I could hate you on certain issues. Sure, sure, And sure. on this one, no. Yeah, but it's but it's again. I I come back to the Bill of Rights. If you can give me the Bill of Rights, do do you agree on that? just look? Give me ten of the Bill of Rights. Just the Bill of Rights. Just second. What? It's the second one. That's I just need <laughs> yeah, I just need two yeah. A. Right, but just, do you believe in these things? If you do, I'm in. I'm in. I could live next to anybody. Just don't try to tell others what to do. Well, you
1: could try to
0: tell them. That's persuasion. Tell me what you want. Don't force Force. them to do it.
1: Well, that's the anarchist principle. So welcome to anarchism, Glenn. (laughs) No, seriously, that's all it is. It's like, do not force me to do what you want. You have to persuade me.
0: So then how do you get the... Strange communist anarchists.
1: Well, the, or, the original anarchists were communists. Mikhail, if you, there's an essay um, in the Anarchist Handbook from 1867. So exactly 50 years before the Soviet Union was formed, Mikhail Bakunin, who was Marx's big rival for international communism in the 1800s, correctly predicted and anticipated what the Soviet Union would look like. And his words resonate really strongly today because he talked about how we're going to have a reign of the scientific. And the people who have science on their mm. side are going to be smart. And God help you if you're not one on uh, one of these science people. And it's when you read it now, it's just chilling. So they were wrong, in my opinion, because they thought absent the state, everyone's going to get along. There's not really going to be crime. There's going to be this kind of working together. That's not necess- that's not true at all in terms of their economic analysis.
0: Because so wait, this- wait, 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 But that's where we were about when I was talking about you know natural man. Uh, You know, they're animals. And so somebody is going to somebody's going to take it upon themselves to to rule.
1: But that's the thing. Like when I go to the doctor's office, we're not equals. I listen to my doctor. If I want to get a second opinion, if I here, we're not equals. This is your house. I'm deferring to you. If I talk to my lawyer, my lawyer has authority over me. There's no reason there's going to be one person who is going to represent you in terms of tax policy. Foreign affairs, uh, um, you know every every issue under the sun. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Nor is one person intelligent enough to really have a sophisticated approach on all mm-hmm. these different mm-hmm. issues. Nor it's, it's you know conservatives for years have been given a choice between Coke and Pepsi. They're like diabetics being given a choice between Coke and Pepsi and wondering why their feet keep getting cut off. The answer is to reject this entire system because that's got us where it is today. And also, when you have respect for the people in Washington, when you think their lie that they're in a position to make decisions for you in your life. That means sending your kids off to wars that didn't need to be fought and having them come home either in pieces or not at all. And that is what respect for government means. It means war, it means death, it means strife. The alternative to that is freedom and peace. And that is why you resonate so much with Penjolette's perspective.
0: How, how does, how does it work? You know, you said- <laughs> I love, like, I might give you a headache. No, I just, I mean, you're pushing me and okay. that's good. I like that. I mean, that's what I wanted in this podcast when I first started the, doing the podcast. So I want to talk to people that push me into thinking that are reasonable um, and, um, you know, have the same general worldview, but, but you know, far as peace. Yeah. So let me go to peace. Yeah you just told me that china is a massive threat sure no so question. how does a group of anarchists somebody who doesn't believe in military i believe in uh, i mean the second amendment was talked about a well-regulated militia what did that mean it didn't mean it meant everyone has arms and knows how to use them okay so the difference is and i'm just playing devil's advocates sure. i want to understand the, the difference is, is that the Eisenhower farewell, farewell, farewell speech. Right. We blew that one. Sure. You know, we didn't listen to his warnings on that. Um, and he said, look, this is extraordinarily dangerous. And he knew what he
1: was talking about. Yeah, this he isn't a dilettante. He oh, was yeah, the no, leader. no, he
0: was the leader of it. He was, that's probably the last real honest speech I've heard from a president, because um, he had nothing to gain on it. Um, and he said, Don't let this happen unless you're vigilant. Well, we weren't, Um, but but his point was we're doing it because now things are over in ten minutes. Okay, we can destroy the earth in ten minutes. Right. Um, So how does that's why he said we have to now have a standing military. Well, all the things that he talked about the influence of the universities, the influence of of uh, of giant. Corporations that want war, et cetera, et cetera. The the influence of politics and the Pentagon. Sure. They all happen. And the CIA. And the CIA. Don't even get me started on the CIA. And now apparently the post office and and the Capitol Police are informants. Um, and your neighbor. Yeah. So how do you how do you respond to a a threat like China? How, I mean, who would, who would run the nukes?
1: Uh, first of all, that's a good question. This was a big issue during the 80s, right? Reagan, th- I talk about this in my forthcoming book. Reagan and Gorbachev, I don't know if you knew this, both independently were taken down to the bunker and ran through the simulation about if there was a nuclear attack. Both were- They could have just watched war games. <laughs> well, they both refused. Reagan, uh, his aide said, I don't think he would have pressed the button. He's, he was committed to if they nuke us, we're not retaliating. I'm not going it's like a trolley problem. I'm not going to kill millions of Russians, even if the Russian government kills us. And Gorbachev refused to press the button even in simulation. He said, "I'm not reciprocating and neither of them knew this. So when they were uh-huh. you know having this negotiation, Reykjavik, they were playing they both had their poker faces on as if they were two hawks. they were the two biggest doves and Thatcher was apoplectic because Reagan at some point said hey how about we both eliminate all nukes and she's like you can't uninvent something and she and this this is when Thatcher's mask drops she goes how do you know Gorbachev wouldn't cheat she goes I would cheat so this is a great 80s moment where you had these three figures kind of mm-hmm. a parallel to the 40s when you had Churchill, mm-hmm. uh, um, FDR, mm-hmm. then Truman, and, and Stalin. But these were far better people than those three. So what do you do about the nukes? That's the same thing that happened with the, with the end of the Soviet Union, right? You have to kind of lock them down. If we're at the point where the only issue is like working at the nukes, I'm sure we could figure that
0: out uh, when the time comes. It's going to be a tricky issue. There's no question. But, you but it know, would. No, no, no. But it would require. See, the thing is, is we're talking about America. Sure. OK. Um, and America has this thing that we're right. going to we're going to heal the world and the temperature thermometers are going to go down. That's because, the Wilson model. Yeah, right. Um, no, Correct. that's what always causes our trouble right. is when we say we're going to do something and get the rest of the world to do it. So China's not going to do that. They're not going to heal the world and make the temperature go down by getting rid of coal plants. Not Not, going to happen. Not a possibility. Not a possibility. Um, Not a possibility that they won't take their aggressive stance. Taiwan, bye-bye. They're going to. That's who they are. Okay? So we can't just say, well, who controls the nukes? Well, we'll have to negotiate that. You can't negotiate with Iran. You can't negotiate with China on that? I mean, we have been
1: negotiating with, but with Iran. Uh, I mean, we didn't do it successfully. Barack Obama paid them a lot of money. Uh, Donald Trump, in effect, did negotiation because he killed. Remember that? We we, how quickly we forget when Trump killed that big Iranian general who was like the George Washington of the Middle East. Oh my God, they're going to retaliate terrorism. How could you do that? Then crickets. There's absolutely nothing happened as a consequence. Uh, nuclear issues and international affairs are going to be complicated under any system. Uh, my big concern is to decrease America's bases all over the world uh, to eliminate the idea that if there's a problem anywhere we need boots on the ground there. We were told by the corporate press that if we didn't have boots on the ground in Syria, this is going to be another holocaust. This is what they invoked and that the Kurdish people were, exter- were going to be exterminated. We heard nothing about it at- when that didn't happen. And it's amazing that all those people, those apparatchiks on those screens who are advocating for this in the, arguing for, gen- saying that genocide would happen, they had no consequences for their lies in demanding that American soldiers uh, put themselves in danger for the sake of people who managed to do not well, but certainly weren't wiped off the face of the earth.
0: Well, I will tell you, the Yazidis, many of the Yazidis, and many of the Christians were moved by my organization. Good, I mean, we did it privately. I mean, they were in danger, but I agree with you that. But they weren't talking about the Yazidis. The, I, 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 I'm sure we saw, were. I'm sure you saw that video of that Yazidi woman
1: who was on the floor, was at the Iraqi Parliament, mm-hmm. where she said, "They're coming to us. They're killing us. They're murdering mm-hmm. us." And everyone mm-hmm. else stood up with solidarity and put their heads down, mm-hmm. and it was a very disturbing to see. But no one, and they were the ones who are real danger, because mm-hmm. they were a, 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 yeah. a people who have been around for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Their religion's very old, historical, you know, a very unique philosophy. It would have been fair for all of these hacks to bring up the Yazidi people who were genuinely in danger, who were genuinely in danger of being wiped out the face of the earth, because there's so few of them. But no, they're talking because they want war. They want blood. They get their if it doesn't if it bleeds leads they get their headlines the military people get their paychecks and liz cheney gets another house i mean how many i have a hashtag on twitter hashtag limbs for liz because she wants i want i want veterans to mail her their (laughs) limbs because how many how many corpses does this vampire need to fuel her ego and her paycheck it's absolutely
0: disgusting this woman How do you, why do you even like me? I mean, you are so extreme at times.
1: Extreme just means consistent. You're not called extreme? Yeah, I am. You're called extreme more than me.
0: Yeah. Because you, I don't know. You're likable, I guess. I don't know. Well, that makes one of us. I always thought I...
1: I never said I liked you. I
0: just like the platform. All right. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Oh yeah. I'm
1: burning every picture no, no, no. today. So after, this is done. After this, we're going to have the round table with Sarah. She's great. Great. That's her right. shoulders. We have a good reputation. Yeah, that, yeah. Ends that ends today. Uh, Stu, he's in his office watching yeah. cartoons with no, a sippy cup. He doesn't know what's going on. That's going to be over. It's over. And when I get on the plane, I'm going to be on the no-fly list. So it's going to be a busy <laughs> day for me. Dude. It's just every bridge burn. Just it's done.
0: Can we talk about being an extremist? Because... Sure. Um, you know, you know who uh, hate extremists?
1: William F. Buckley. It was his job to make sure there were no extremists in conservatism, and the National View, my favorite paleontology magazine, still has as their slogan, standing athwart history yelling stop. Well, Bill, some of us actually want to stop it instead of just standing there shaking our fist impotently Correct. while our freedoms are being destroyed and America's being ruined. He is the great villain of conservatism. Although he did a lot of good things too
0: what does america mean to you uh, when you said america's being ruined you I, sound like i mean it's it's hard because it's you're all nuanced i mean you you come out and you are very strong on things but there's a lot of there's a there's a lot to be filled in that people can't fill in by themselves because they've never heard this kind of thinking sure. before. Well, that's, you know what i mean yeah well
1: yeah. that's one of the reasons i put together the book um i was born in the soviet union I know. And the one of the lines I always say is I hate the government because I love my country. Uh, I love what America means, America is this ideal. Uh, you know, it's that what it, Reagan talked about this in his speech in 64 about that, you know, and later yeah, that yeah. shining. If, if we lose freedom here, it's done. There's nowhere else to go. We are that shining city on a hill, sitting on a hill. We are that beacon of hope for the rest of the world. We are the ones who show that a free people can be peaceful and make it happen. But but it is because we have of a those documents. It's that, this. I think it's despite those documents. We had this spirit before those documents. You, you think that before seventeen eighty nine, no, no, no. We,
0: the pilgrims, the pilgrims, had it when they came over here. They started to have it. It was, it was a a different heart of cooperation. I mean, the pilgrims came. They didn't take the land from the natives. They bought that land. They had the longest running peace treaty with with the Native Americans. Um, I mean, and and it it kept. It it grew into something, but it was a very spiritual thing sure. um, that that it that it grew out of, um, and then it became. You know, not uh, not divine providence, but manifest destiny. Sure. And that's the f- that's the switch that flipped.
1: But there's also you have to appreciate the, and I I hate this expression. I can't think of I, there's no nice one for it. Like the white trash, the Boston riots weren't made by like you know people who would go to Harvard or like people who go to Congress. These were like lower class people, uneducated, who were like screw you, you coming from the you coming from the king. I don't care. I want to live my life. I want to. I'm not bothering anyone. Right. Uh, when, you know, in the in Philadelphia, when it was a uh, was a colony, they tarred and feathered the king's uh, um, emissaries who wanted to raise taxes. They're like. Uh, Go on your boat Get the F back to England We're not talking to you And they didn't know What to do about it Because the people Were just living In a quasi-anarchist way They were getting along They were farming They trade with each other No one had a problem So that spirit Of uh, America Is something I very much find uh, Certainly was in The Trump phenomenon When you had people Who are mocked you know, by the uh, they're uneducated, they're trash. Correct, they're this those people are the real Americans far more than this European hoity-toity attitude that you're being promulgated through our university system.
0: A hundred percent agree. However, those same people that w- w- that fought the revolution, that were farmers, had been betrayed by Congress, yes. not paid, you know, all of it. Shoeless. Wa- shoeless. Washington was the key to holding yes. those guys together. So there is some spirit that to me is the American spirit. A hundred percent is, is that moderating force that set, that's, that's a per, that's personal. It there was no, he didn't come down with an iron fist. He had earned the respect and could, and could just look at people and say, that's not who we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, That's gone. That's gone. But that that to me is the American spirit of enough people standing up and saying, shame on you. Yeah. Shame on Ha-ha- you. Yeah, I agree with you. But, but that's dead. So, how do we get? It's not dead. It's on
1: life support. It's not dead. If we're still talking, it's not dead. And I, and I think we have to be very specific here. Just because they've been at this for a long time, it's not that they're winning, it's that they have the momentum. Again, this has been built since Wilson and even a little bit before. Richard Eli, who was mm-hmm. uh, Woodrow Wilson's professor, started the American Economics Association in order to promulgate socialism through the universities. This has been going on for a very, very long long time. time. And now, finally, uh, the population has the tools to make a more level playing field, and they can't win on a level playing field because they do not have truth and facts on their side, which is why there's such a need for them to have a monopoly on the conversation and why they were having a meltdown for how many, 20 years, when Fox... Mm-hmm. just Fox mm-hmm. was creating as if Fox is some mm-hmm. kind of radical you know jihadi organization mm-hmm. even the existence of Fox was a threat to the hegemony and now Fox is like the moderate compared to so many other organizations oh, so, so well they
0: say I had to get off Fox yeah. I had to get off Fox hey Glenn Beck's gotta go gotta go gotta go gotta go okay so I went <laughs> okay, yeah. and I started this and now look at how many things and now they've got to shut this down right now they have to shut down anybody who is doing this because it worked.
1: But they didn't, every, every week on, on, that was pretty ominous. No,
0: sorry. (laughs) Every, every every
1: week on Twitter, you see the, and I know Twitter is not real life, but you see the trending hashtag fire Tucker Carlson. And it's like, if you fire him, you're still not going to watch Fox. Why would they like, listen to you? What power do you have? So, but this is the thing, like you this network could not have existed 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, even technologically, even if you weren't a political network, the fact that if you were just talking about pets, to have mics, to have your own studio, mm-hmm. to have an audience, to have the, the, the economics, to have the, the ads or the subscribers, mm-hmm. to pay for everything, it wouldn't have worked. As things go on, it becomes cheaper and cheaper to make your own production. Now anyone can do in their own house. It becomes oh, harder I- and harder to have a monopoly on the microphone.
0: Tell me about it. I'm the but guy this who what, bought a 50-year-old movie studio. Yeah. But the, 10, 12, 11 years ago. Uh, I don't need this. Right.
1: But this is what brought down the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Because at a certain point, that cynicism, where people are looking at each other and be like, you don't believe this crap, do you? Like, no, of course not. Like, look, at, you know what it is? Here's another way that, that this is going to... How many videos have you seen on, on social media of some corporate journalist or some politician put the mask on, when the cameras are on and then they take it off as soon. So -hmm. when you see that, you don't have to have any view on uh, um, vaccines or masks or COVID. All you have to do is look at it and be like, I don't know what's the situation on, but this person is clearly playing for the cameras. And it takes that little to get people to have that much contempt for
0: the people who deserve all of our contempt and much worse. So you're a... You're a, you sound like a real optimist. I am so certain
1: that we're going to win, it's not even funny. Because I love look, that. but look who we're up against. These aren't impressive oh, people. I know. How can you look at AOC and think that she's an insurmountable foe? How can you look at Don Lemon and say, you know what? I can't win against this guy. He's just too smart and powerful. It, it's it's so bizarre because for years Republicans just have it in their idea uh, and correctly that they're the punching bag in Washington because Democrats at Congress for forty years straight, their job was to kind of complain but then just sh- shut up and go home. They had no real power. And they kind of have this battered wife syndrome. And then when Trump came along, they're like, "Wait a minute! If we can get this loon into the White House, who's a complete, who has no political experience, no one is going to know what he's going to do. If we have that ability, here's something else." I, I, I that did change everything. Yeah, but that changed if everything. I said to you in, 2000, in everyone listening to this in 2014, which of these two things is more likely? Texas will declare secession uh, from America or Donald Trump becomes elected president, every single person would say Texas. Yeah. And they would have been right to do it. I mean, this is ridiculous. It's yeah. not happening. And that, this did happen. So if that's possible, then... To Anything's say, possible. To say, and there's a great deal of ruin in a nation. I forgot who that quote was. But look how bad Sweden got. Look how bad many, England, Britain. I I, I can't wait for you to read my my next book because that is about this point. Look at Britain in the 70s. They didn't have electricity. Horrible, yeah. And now look at them. It's not good,
0: but it's certainly not done. But there was still a leader. Uh, You know, the Americans were there in some degree... Still, freedom exists and an engine was there sure if our engine goes down i mean that's a big if yeah i know that but you know you're not you're not funding uh any kind of fossil fuels anymore all that funding is going away we are not going for our own natural resources um all the cars that will be coming out beginning 2025 they'll all be at least hybrid by 2030 the entire fleet of everything except for possibly bugatti they haven't said yet will be electric where are you plugging all those in you know I, while reducing coal plants not funding new fossil fuels wind power is going to do that i mean if this engine stops And there's no innovation that's coming from here. Where is it coming from? Well, I've only been living in Texas since August, and
1: I still don't know how to drive. So a lot of this is going to be lost on me. Let me be honest. Uh, I I, I, I have been living here. I've been born a Texan, but I was living in New York all my life. Um, In terms of what you're talking about, you're already, I agree that if the bad guys win, the bad guys win and it's over. What I'm saying is there Bad is guys a, are not going to win. There's a lot of time between now and 2030. Um, I don't know about the it's specific about en, about energy stuff, but in terms of pushback, and I th- I think and what I've seen is people are more radicalized than ever. Uh, they have more contempt for the elites than ever. Correctly, they have more. There was that poll from Gallup which showed trust in corporate media is an all time historic low. Oh, yeah. How do you undo that? You know, if someone
0: d- d- cheats on you or you, you they're beating their spouse, you can't unring that but bell. But you were from you were from the Soviet. I know you're only two, but yeah. I know. We're almost out of time. I haven't gotten to any of the stuff I wanted to talk to you about. So will you come back in the first place? I didn't burn the bridge. You didn't burn the bridge. (laughs) Dang it. Um, (laughs) um, I owe someone 50 bucks. (laughs) I mean, people didn't believe people didn't believe Pravda. They didn't believe all that crap in the Soviet Union. Right. Right. And and what happened? Well, eventually, 70 years later, it fell apart.
1: It it, happened. There's that quote from Hemingway. How did you go bankrupt? Two ways, gradually, and then suddenly. So these things happen much. Look at the Arab Spring. uh, Look at the Berlin Wall. I can't look at the Berlin Wall. My friend was my friend was conceived under communist Czechoslovakia. It never entered his mom's head that he'd be free, but he was born in a free Czechoslovakia. So Mm. I think this is America. We are so good. Look how quickly went from malaise to Reagan. It was overnight. Mm -hmm. So we don't know who that leader is. I can tell you it's not gonna be Ron DeSantis. I promise you he's not gonna save this country, whoever people are thinking of. But the leadership does not have to come from politics. It comes on a local basis. It comes from anyone who has the capacity, thanks to the internet, to become that figure who polarizes and radicalizes people and lets them reminds them that you are Americans and being American means you do not bend the knee to Washington, except George Washington. (laughs)
0: Yeah <laughs> you can come back now. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, you so bet. much, Glenn. Just a reminder, I'd love you to rate and subscribe to the podcast and pass this on to a friend so it can be discovered by other people.